Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. One of the biggest things in the world today is Amazon. Basically, you can order just about anything from Amazon, and it'll get to your house just like that, the snap of a finger. But I remember a long time ago, when I was a teenager, we wouldn't, you know, my mom would order something from Amazon and it wouldn't really get to our house in two days or three days like it does today. It would take a little bit longer. And Amazon has really come a long way since, you know, their start in the mid-90s as a bookstore. Basically, Amazon rules the shopping universe. And that is the focus of this week's episode, as I will be reviewing the episode Unfulfilled. I do want to say that I I do know a couple people who work at an Amazon fulfillment store. And from what I've been told, it is not the best place in the world to work. It really isn't. I mean, a good example, I think, of seeing someone working at an Amazon fulfillment store is the movie Nomadland, starring Frances McDermott, which won the Academy Award for Best Picture, and she won an Oscar for Best Actress that year. While the entire movie is not set at an Amazon fulfillment store, uh, Frances McDermott's character does have like a seasonal job at at a particular Amazon fulfillment store where she's there for a season and then goes, leaves, does other jobs, and then eventually when it's that time of the year again, comes right back to that job. So the, the basically the idea of this episode, before we get to it, uh, is based upon the decision by Amazon to choose the town of South Park as the location of its new fulfillment center, a reference to the 2018 competition among various U.S. cities to be chosen as the second headquarters of that company. So we got a lot to get to. Let's dive into this week's episode, Unfulfilled. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on December 5th, 2018. Our episode begins in Butter's Garage. Hey, it's not at least the weirdest place that an episode's ever started. So he's working on his bicycle and his dad comes in and Butters tells him, you know, he's really excited. There's a bike parade this weekend and the top prize is 50 bucks. Hey, you know what? To a nine, 10 year old kid, 50 bucks is a pretty big deal. You know, nothing to sneeze about. So his dad goes off on a little bit of a tyrant, but, you know, Butters doesn't really care. And Butters' dad is, I I, I guess the right word would be, is stressed out. I don't think he needs a Buddha box, but he's stressed out about this job. Because 
He needs a job to bring money in for his family, and this is the best that they've got. So he carpools with a bunch of, you know, the townspeople, friends, co-workers. As we get the song 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford playing. Now, of course, I am not going to be playing 16 Tons because I probably would get sued real easily. However... God, this song fits perfectly, not only with this episode, but today's society as a gen in general. This may be the oldest song that South Park has ever picked to, um, to, to, you know, play on an episode of South Park. And they do a fantastic video montage of, you know, working in Amazon with this song. So let's do a little background on the song 16 Tons. So the song was written by Merle Travis. Okay, Merle Travis was a, a country singer. And the song is about a coal miner based on life in the mines of Mullenberg County, Kentucky. So Travis first recorded the song at the Radio Recorder Studio B in Hollywood, California on August 8, 1946. This song was first released on July, in July 1947 by Capitol on Travis's album Folk Songs of the Hills. That song became a gold record. Tennessee Ernie Ford's version was released in October of 1955. And this is actually on the B side of his cover of the song You Don't Have to Be a Baby to Cry from or by Moon Mulligan. So what makes this version different than the original? Well, there's snapping finger fingers in this and there's a unique clarinet-driven pop arrangement. This quickly became a million seller. It hit Billboard's country music chart in November and held the number one position for 10 weeks, then crossed over and held the number one position on the pop music chart for eight weeks, besting the competing version by Johnny Desmond. And uh, is this the same... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Osmond. I was thinking of the Osmonds. <laughs> anyway, um, in the UK, Ford's version competed with versions by Edmund Hockridge and Frankie Lane. Nevertheless, Ford's version was the most successful, spending four weeks at number one in the UK singles charts in January and February of 1956. On March 25th, 2015, Ford's version of the song was inducted into the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry. In 2002, the song was played at the beginning of the Emmy-winning TV film Door to Door. In 2023, it was included on the soundtrack of the 2023 Wes Anderson film Asteroid City. Uh, this, like I said, is the most famous version of the song, but there have been other versions of 16 Tons. Uh... Singers that you may know that have done this song include B.B. King and his orchestra. Elvis Presley sang this live at a concert, but was never recorded. Uh, the Platters, Bo Diddley, 
Jimmy Dean, yes, the breakfast maker, Harry Nelson, Lauren Green, Ernie Ford released another version of this song called 16 Tons 65, Stevie Wonder released a version of this song, uh, the Don Harrison Band released a version, Johnny Cash released a version in 1987, the Gas House Gang recorded a barbershop arrangement of this song. <laughs> That's actually pretty interesting. Um, a parody of this song called 18 Holes About Golfing was written and recorded by John Denver. Okay, I need to hear that version. Uh, it was released on a rare single and occasionally performed in concert. I, I may need to hear that one after this uh, episode is done. Uh, Faith No More did a cover of this. Uh, let's see, who who else has done a cover of this? Uh, Rockapella did a cover of this. Presidential candidate Dennis Kucinich's rendition of the song on the 8th of January received fairly widespread TV coverage. Why didn't he end up in the White House? He should have gone. <laughs> um, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machines, Rage Against the Machine, and the Night Watchman uh, released a version. Leanne Rimes, Robbie Williams, ZZ Top did one, and the latest one, Nina Hagen in 2022. So this song has been covered a lot of times. Uh, the original, just remember the original is Merle Travis. The most famous one is Tennessee Ernie Ford. So basically, when you see the when when you see the montage, it's basically you know you see. Butter's dad working, he gets the packages that are on the front step, gives them to his wife, gives them the Butters, everyone's happy, blah, 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 blah. So Butters comes out, and the boys are sitting on the side of the street, they're on their phones, Cartman is still wearing his Buddha box, and Butters tells them about the bike parade that's happening next week. And then all of a sudden, here comes this kid, Larry Zawiski, who... Apparently, is a pretty big deal, I guess, in the bike parade community. And his presentation looks a lot better than Butters. But the boys see this, and they're kind of wondering, hmm, maybe we should get into this. Uh, the voice of Larry Zawiski is done by Casey Nicolol. Um, I'm, I'm going to save his profile for next episode because... He is in the next episode as well. So then we get this scene where Tweek's parents decide to join up and work at the Amazon fulfillment store. Not by choice, but kind of by force, because ever since the Amazon fulfillment store came, well, Tweek's coffee shop has gone belly up. Oh no, Tweek's coffee shop is all gone. So, um, Butter's dad shows them around and tells them, you know, the stuff that you do. And he points out to the, the uh, manager they're going to be working with is a guy named Josh. Well, as this is going on, Josh gets trapped in a machine. And it starts taking him all over the place. And he ends up getting wrapped up 
put in a box. But is he dead? I know. Uh, that's something you'd, <laughs> you'd never would expect me to ask. You'll find out in a little bit. So now we see Kenny, and he's working on a bike. And the guys catch him. And at first, they're like, how could you? How could you be working on this box? And then, you know, Carmen kind of... Cardman is the one. This is, this is such a good part. Cardman is the one who realizes, you know, guys, we've kind of gone on our separate ways. Stan lives on a farm now. Kenny's poor. I have anxiety. And, well... Kyle's Kyle. So what they decide to do is they're going to enter the bike parade as a group. And they start putting in the Amazon orders at Carver. It's like, guys, get on your cell phones. Kenny, go to your mom's laptop. Get streamers, fireworks. We're going to order all this stuff and we're going to get it done with Amazon Prime. So eventually... We go back, and everyone that works at Amazon is at the Amazon bar. Because apparently Amazon has a bar. And they get told through a memo that what happened with Josh is called, according to Amazon, a human error. And this is basically the last straw for the workers because Josh didn't do anything it was a machine that did it it, it was an accident but it was a machine so they're like you know what screw Amazon we're going on strike everyone is all for it except for Butter's dad because he's thinking about what you know is going to happen to Butter's because he's got the bike parade so, the next scene, you have the mayor on the computer. She's trying to order something. And it says it'll be there in four to six weeks. Yeah, she's ordering towels. And she's like, I could make towels in four to six weeks. So, then she's told that Jeff Bezos is here. And she's like, Jeff Bezos? The founder and CEO of Amazon? Yeah, that Jeff Bezos. So we get Jeff Bezos coming in. And, <laughs> and I gotta say, this may be one of my favorite depictions of a celebrity they've ever done. Because when Jeff Bezos talks, he never uses his mouth. You could hear talking, but he's got a really big brain. So what they depict Jeff Bezos is an alien called a Telosian from the original Star Trek from the episode The Cage. And basically Jeff Bezos has come because he's very disappointed that everyone is on strike. And, you know, he talked to the mayor, thought, we had a deal. And she's like, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm doing my best to get, you know, everyone back to work. And basically, Bezos is like, you do that, or else you're going to be gone. So, Carmen wake, Cartman wakes up, and he's thinking, okay, 
the packages are here. They have come. He gets to the door. There's nothing there. He asks his mom, where are the packages? And she's like, they're not here, honey. And then he, she points out to the news. And then we're going to play this bit. The Amazon Fulfillment Center has been shut down as hundreds of employees refuse to work. Customers all over the state are wondering where their Amazon orders are as workers demand more respect and more money. The uprising started with a workplace accident, which Amazon blamed on human error. Joining me now is the victim of the accident, Josh Carter. And Josh, how does it feel to have your accident spark so much upheaval? You know, Tom, I think something like this was bound to happen. There's those at the top who control the means of production, and then there's the working class that enables those means by selling their labor power for wages. When there's conflict, the ruling class tries to blame the working class. Can you get out of the box? No, my organs have been compacted, so if the box opens, I spill out and die. I believe the working class needs to revolt against capitalism and bring about socioeconomic emancipation. Do you get hot in the box? Okay, I love the fact that Josh survived this accident that should have killed him. And then he's, you know, kind of like the representative of the workers. He's in this box and he's alive. And it's like, you know, if I were to get out of the box, I would be dead. I just would. So because of this, everyone is not going to get their box. They're not going to get their orders. And then we get this terrific original South Park song. It is unbelievable. Unfulfilled And now tomorrow's nothing but another day Somebody came and took my hopes and dreams away And now I'm lost And unfulfilled Curtains closed All we were a distant memory just bitch slapped the smile right off of me And here I am, so unfulfilled The happiness I knew just got raped and killed And all I am is unfulfilled Nothing that I have seems like enough all I'm left to ask is, where's my stuff? It's sitting somewhere. Unfulfilled. Anything? Did you get anything? <sighs> what a terrific song. Oh my gosh, that may be one of their best songs. And it kind of sounds like... I, I, I... I'm trying not to make it sound like something that it's not, but it kind of sounds like a James Bond theme in a way. Unfulfilled. And then it goes on to win an Academy Award. No. Okay. So back to the episode. So the boys are depressed that they're not going to get the orders from Amazon. So now they're trying to think, all right, 
where do we go? You know, what did, what did we used to do before we had Amazon? And Carmen remembers. They used to go to the mall. So they're like, all right, let's go to the mall. So the very next scene, they go right to the mall. And it is an absolute dump. Everything has just broken down. It is terrible. It is bad. And Sweet Love by Anita Baker is playing as they're going through the mall. And then they see people pop up. And they look kind of demonic, possessed, as if they're zombies, but they're not really zombies. And, you know, they're like, Would you like to buy some shoes? Would you like a free sample? And it's just a really good scene. So we'll get back to them in a minute. Meanwhile, Butter's dad comes home and he tells his wife and Butters that the union had a vote that basically they're going to stay on strike. And then there was a fight between the ones that wanted to go on strike and the ones that wanted to go back. So because of this, everyone that works at Amazon is no longer an Amazon Prime member. They are an Amazon USDA member. <laughs> that is such a great line. Oh my God, that is such a great line. So, the dad goes away, and then Butters has like this sweet little moment where he's like, Mom, if I win... I'll give you and dad the $50. So then we see Butter's dad in his room and he's contemplating like, I need to get back to work. I need to have this, you know, but I can't, you know, I, I want to be with the, with the guys, but I can't disappoint, you know, my friends. And while he's talking about this, Jeff Bezos is watching this through one of the Amazon Echo smart speakers, and the mayor is there as well. So, Jeff Bezos see what's happening, and something evil's coming. So now, we go back to the mall, and the boys are like, do you guys have shoes, certain color, certain size? They're like, Oh, no, we don't have that. No, we don't have that. We don't have people that come in anymore. So, they're basically people who never left the mall. And, like I said earlier, they're, they're kind of like zombies, but they're not really zombies. Meanwhile, there is about to be a fight between the customers and the Amazon workers. When we have this scene where Josh is speaking on behalf of of, uh, of of the workers, and uh, someone's going to speak on behalf of the customers. Stop. We want to stop. The customers say the boxers need to return to work because the shutdown is hurting everyone. I have a weed business to run. I need my shit from Amazon to make it all work. At what cost, sir? Do you care that personal worth is being reduced by capitalists to exchange value? Oh, Jazz, typical rhetoric from a Marxist box. Free trade is not free dumb. Perhaps socialism is the answer. 
If you pay for shipping, can you go anywhere you want? That's a that's a good scene. So now we're gonna so so now we see Stotch is or you know Butter's dad is on this bus. He's the only one that has decided to go back to Amazon, and the guys are upset. And Butter's dad talks to one of the you know coworkers. And he's trying to explain why he's doing this. And here the guy's going, I, I understand, but, you know, my, my son, he also is in the bike parade. And if I don't help, you know, if I don't help him for his future, then there's no help for him at all. It, it's a very deep, you know, like, Irish, Scottish uh, tone of voice. So, Butter's dad goes to work, and he's trying his best to fulfill Every single order. But it just isn't going to work. And Bezos is disappointed. Then all of a sudden he gets a phone call. And it's Stan on the line. And at first Stan's like, hey, where's all of our stuff? And then after Bezos says, you know, it's not going to be coming anytime soon. We only have one person. Stan's like, I have a bunch of people that are willing to work. Excuse me? Yeah, we have a bunch of people that are willing to work. And Bezos is like, you stay there. I will come over. I will get the people to come and work. So after that, it's going to lead to this final scene which is going to set up the season finale next week, but I want to play this. This is a really good ending. The history of this world is the history of class struggles, alienated from the products of their labor, from their fellow laborers, and from their very essence. The oppressed worker will eventually strike back at those capitalists who control the means of production. We have nothing to lose but our chains. We will unite in revolution. We're ready to follow you, Josh. Then follow me to hell. So basically what that is, you know, the, the way that episode ends is, like I said, it's building up for the next episode. And what Josh is saying is we got to stick our ground. And the workers are like, we're with you all the way. And it's like, well, if we're going to go all the way, then we're going to hell. And that is is the end of Unfulfilled. I gotta say, this is a really good episode. It's a really smart episode. And and, and I think part of it for me is because I do know of a few people that either have work or currently work in an Amazon fulfillment store and they really don't like it. This is such a well-done, really good episode overall. So, this is a really good episode. Um, I would say, honestly, and, and I know I've got one more episode left. I'd say this is their second best episode of the entire season. That's how good this episode is. Um, the, 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 the first episode with Al Gore I still think is the best episode of the season, but this is really good. I'm giving this a very strong 8 out of 10.
Okay, a couple of critical thoughts, receptions. Jesse Shadeen of IGN gave this episode an 8.2 out of 10, stating that he enjoyed the sci-fi elements woven into the plot, including the depiction of Jeff Bezos as basically a mashup of the Talosians from Star Trek and the aliens from the Twilight Zone episode to serve man. All in all, a more satisfying take on a controversial billionaire than last season's lukewarm Mark Zuckerberg parody. He's right on that one. I mean, I I mean, after I had seen the Mark Zuckerberg episode uh, a, a few months ago, it was like, I kind of got it, but this one is done a lot better. John Huger of the AV Club gave this an A- and said of the political themes of the story, Perhaps Trey and Matt realized the arguments they were making were more left-wing than what they had been previously known for. Alright, let's go to IMDB and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 1,800 people have given this episode a rating, and the IMDB rating for Unfulfilled is a 7.6 out of 10. Uh, 200, or 500, 533 people gave this an 8. That's the score. I'm going to give this episode. 416 people gave it a 7. 288 people gave it a 10. And 35 people gave it a 1. This is pretty much, uh, for the most part, a, a very well-liked episode, at least in the ratings. Now we're going to read the IMDb user reviews and see what they thought of this episode. And let's see, who who are we going to start with? All right, let's start with Czech Ick, who wrote South Park. Forgot the word park, he just wrote South Has, but South Park has been killing it this season. Season 22 has been amazing. This episode is classic South Park material and spot on as usual. Uh, let's see, next review is from Alexandria Hicks-10795 who wrote, Not totally up to par with previous episodes like Taggarty Farms, The Scoots, and The Man Bear Pig 2-Parter, but better than Buddha Box and inf infinitely... Mm, excuse me, infinitely better than seasons 19 through 21. Can't wait to see what happens during the finale. Um, there are a couple of negative reviews, surprisingly, with this episode. Uh, Garabedian123 wrote, What the F? Six seconds in and I can't stand the voices. Who? What happened to Man and Trey? I can't watch this. Okay, to be fair, though, Matt, if, if you listen to the episode and the characters that Matt plays, it does sound like he's losing his voice a little bit, but that's not a penalty, you know, to take away a, a rating. It really isn't. Uh, Thunder King 6 wrote, I get it. It's just not good. The other episodes were funny and great. This one, well, it just didn't score so good. It's about the government entity known as Amazon and its political agenda while the kids join a bikeathon. Verdict? You were warned. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. 
Uh, Edvis-1997 wrote, Not as bad as previous episode, but still nothing good, too basic for me. All right. Uh, let's go to David Lavelle, 75, who wrote, Awesome song in this, one of the more memorable tunes. As always, boys, you're on top form. Uh, Asp5197 wrote, Sure, it's not the best of the season, but it's a great setup for a great finale to the best season in three years. Plus, making Jeff Bezos the alien zookeeper from Star Trek was just plain beautiful. Uh, Keaton Kolkarnev wrote, It's pretty close to home. Not an Amazon worker by any means, but I do think that their model is inherently pretty aggressive and flawed. Nice addition of songs and overall a good script. First, the man bear pig and this episode. This was one of the best seasons of South Park so far. And the final review is from Eric Stevenson 22, who wrote, I don't even know if I've ever ordered anything from Amazon. I guess I'm just more used to buying stuff personally. This episode features Amazon setting up a fulfillment center in South Park. We get an appearance by Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. It's funny to see how his giant head has a butt in the back. Oh yeah, there is that. I, I do remember that. Oh, I just looked up that his head is a Star Trek joke. <laughs> oh god, this is great. This is a two-part episode, although as the show is heavy in continuity, it's hard to even tell. I thought the guy getting hurt was just a funny background event. I'm glad they made it relevant to the plot. Just the image of a guy trapped in a tiny box and still being able to talk is funny. Has the mall been devastated since, since season 17? This had many good ideas. So yeah, pretty much, you know, this is a really well-liked episode, even though you have a couple that don't like it, but... Their arguments, honestly, I don't think really hold up. But again, that's just me. You can follow the show on uh, whatever uh, Elon Musk calls it nowadays. Twitter X? Twitter X? X Twitter? I, don't, I don't even know what it's called. I know it's X, but what do we call it? I still call it Twitter. But anyway, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. You can join our Facebook group, Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where you can join other fans to discuss past, present, and when they come up, future South Park episodes. And don't forget to check out our friends at SMB, a South Park review, where they discuss and review classic South Park episodes. All right, next time around, it is the season finale for season 22 of South Park as we get into Bike Parade. That is the final episode of this season. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill, and I'll talk to you all later.